How are you today? It is Super Bowl Sunday. I'm wondering, Bengals, who thinks the Bengals are going to win? Who thinks the LA Rams are going to win? All right, I got one more Super Bowl quote, and that's it. We're not talking about the Super Bowl anymore, but it is a good Sunday to come together and celebrate what God is doing. If you're visiting, my name's Jose. I'm the lead pastor, and we've been uh, going through this series on the book of Ephesians. So we're reading through the whole book. We're finishing chapter four and going into chapter five of six today. So about a whole chapter's worth of reading. We've looked at how the first three chapters of this book teach us about God's incorruptible love for us. So God loves us unconditionally. There's nothing that we did to deserve God's love. It's free for us today and always, no matter where we come from, no matter what we've Done. That's the first three chapters. Paul is speaking to the love that God has for us. And then last week we flipped the page and we looked at chapter four, how because of God's love, we are to respond to it by the way that we live. We talked about this word, responsibility, and how it can make us feel weighed down. It can make us feel, you know, um, uninspired to do or live a certain way. And so we flipped it and said, what does it look like to live with responsibility? Because of the love of God, we have the ability to respond to any life circumstance. And that's what gives us this incorruptible love for God that the end of the book talks about. That's our theme verse for the series at 620, Ephesians 624. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. So now we're looking at how God's calling us to love one another. Last week, we looked at the first responsibility, which was unity, unity of the body, how we all have our personal callings. We've all been called sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. And, and then we are to live out this culture of humility, of bearing with one another, of having patience and peace. We also have gifts to complement one another. So we all have a small part to play of his large plan. And finally, that gives us confidence to speak the truth in love and to build each other up. And today we're gonna look at personal behaviors. So there's a lot of scripture that we're gonna read through. A lot of it will speak, to its, uh, will, will speak for itself. But my hope this morning is that we don't see these as just, I gotta. We get to, we see what God has done for us. We see his love, his grace, and then we respond to him as we live out these behaviors in our life. So we'll talk about these personal behaviors. Paul is speaking to this young church in Ephesus. These are Jews and Gentiles. Many of them are new to, to, uh, Judeo, to Judeo Valley, so the Old Testament, and most are Gentiles. So, so they're brand new believers. They used to live one way. And now Paul is saying, hey, because you now know Jesus, you are to live differently. Here's why. When we encounter the love of Jesus, we do not stay the same. When we encounter the amazing grace that God has for us, it's not possible to keep on living the way we did before. Our mistakes stack up. I mean, they stack up. And if we're honest, they stack up really, really, really high. 
power of the gospel is that those mistakes have been wiped away thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you and for me. When we are honest with all, with all that stack represents, that changes you and it changed me. And so we live in light of that. It's called holiness. I'm going to go one more thing and then we'll jump right in to the text. We had a tent over here. We talked about the peace of God, that we were enemies, we were separated. But the peace of God is that we are now in the presence of God. In the Old Testament, there was separation between the people of God and the presence of God. First, Moses would meet God in a tent, and then the walls got a little thicker, and it became a tabernacle. Moses got kicked out of that tent, and then the walls became even taller and wider, and then they built this temple for God, and God's holy presence was inside of it. The gospel is that Jesus Christ died for you and for me, and and so that separation, that penalty was done away with, and now... God's presence is no longer inside of a tent or a uh, a tabernacle or a temple. It's inside of us. All of us who have said yes to Jesus Christ are now, uh, we are now indwelled with God's Holy Spirit and we are now the temple of God. So we must take care of it. Why? Because we are called to holiness. A few of you joined me in, the, in my journey to read through the whole Bible through January. It was fun, wasn't it? We, we did it, Mary. We did it. We, we got a workout in. And one of the things that stood out to me the most was how much detail there was in the temple buildings, the specifications for the, the materials and the process of this building of the temple. And all the meaning of all of that is how holy God is, how, how important every little piece is because that, that, that's what protects God's presence and holiness. So now because we are the temple, these verses teach us that we are also to be holy as God is holy. All right, so some of you are like, man, I, I expected Uh, this coming to church. I knew I was going to feel like guilty and shamed and all of this. Well, here's, here's my hope for us. We are all a group of, we're all a group of imperfect people, right? All right, cool. So there's only one perfect one. Who's that? Jesus. We're all in process, wherever that means, whether we're checking out what it means to follow Jesus, whether we're fresh in believing that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We've been doing this for a while. It doesn't matter. We're all imperfect. And so my hope is that as we read these verses, instead of judging others and say, oh, I knew it, yep, this stuff, mm-hmm, yep, that, that, mm-hmm, we take this personally. We take this personally. There's three parts to these verses. The first is the introduction. In the introduction, there's always a thesis statement. And the thesis is this. We take off the old and we put on the new. That's the thesis. Once you have said yes to Jesus Christ, you take off the old and you put on the new. And then the body is nine personal behaviors that we're going to fly by. Each one could be a sermon on its own. And I hope that you discuss these with your family and with your community group during the week. Great time to go through these things. And then there's the conclusion for us to live in the light. Here we go. Ephesians 5. 
17 says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So again, Paul just talked to us about unity, the importance of unity in the body. And now he's talking about the difference between those that are in the body, those that have said yes to Jesus and those that are outside. So all of these behaviors that we're about to talk about, are they standards for those outside? Mm-mm. They're standards for those that are inside. There's supposed to be a difference in the issue in this time was that there was no difference. They were acting in their old way. And what Paul is saying is you cannot stay the same once you truly recognize what Jesus Christ has done for you. So verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they, those that have not yet said yes to Jesus, have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So the summary here is that corrupt thinking leads to impure actions, which brings about separation from the life that God wants for us. Verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and let's say all that together, holiness. Second Corinthians says, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. Paul is telling us, hey, you used to live this way, but then you encountered the living God. Then you received his grace for you. Now live differently. We, we, are, we are called to look differently. I want to be very honest with you. A few while back, a while back, I don't remember exactly when, but it was in, within the last year and a half or so, my brother came to visit and we were talking about a really impassioned deal that our family was dealing with. A key, really impassioned. Did you know that I'm a little passionate? I'm a little passionate. And so I was getting a little passionate and I was telling, man, I don't know what this person was thinking and this, 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 that. And then bleep. I let a little cuss word out, okay? Not a really bad one, but not a good one. Every cuss word's bad. And so what was really, really cool about my brother is uh, we were saying bye. This was like a day later. And he goes, hey, can I tell you something? I'm like, yeah, bro, what's up? He goes, hey, remember when you said that bad word? I'm like, yeah. He goes, it's not a good look for you. <laughs> I was like, man, touche. It's not a good look. For what was he saying? He was saying this that I walked back into the old and that the old clothes no longer fit anymore because I grew out of them. That's what happens when we come to know Jesus. We grow out of our old clothes and they no longer fit anymore. And so when we choose to act in our own way, there's this incompatibility. And now I could have said, who are you to judge, bro? Enlist his deals. But he's in a different, he's in a different, I, I, I received it for myself 
And what Paul is saying is just don't go back. Put on the new. What is the new? Here we go. This is the body, nine personal behaviors. Again, each one of these could be its own sermon. I'm just gonna fly by, take these home, talk to them with your kids, your wife, your husband, your parents, talk to them with your, talk to these, uh, talk about these to your community groups and let them breathe life because we're all in different uh, parts of our walk with the Lord. Verse 25, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. What is he saying? Let's put off lying, let's take off lies, and let's put on the truth. That's the first one. First one of nine. Let us not lie anymore and let's just be honest. Let's be authentic, even when it hurts, even when it's hard. Verse 26, moving on. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. Anger does not bring about the righteous life that God requires. Therefore, get rid of it, says James chapter one. Anger is a secondary emotion. So the main issue is not anger. We're responding in anger and so process that anger. That's what this verse is saying. Don't let the sun go down. Think about it. What's really bothering you? What's the wound that's causing you to respond in anger? Think about it. Don't ignore it. Uh, Maybe sleep on it. I'm guilty with my wife where I'm like, hey, the Bible says not to go down. We're going to fix this argument before we go to bed. Sometimes it's good to just sleep it off. And then the next morning you wake up with fresh perspective. That really wasn't that big of a deal. So it's not talking literally, it's just saying, don't let it go too long. Process, think about the anger and put on peace. Verse 28, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. I love that he gives us the reason why not to steal, not only because it's dishonest, but also when we steal, we don't work hard, we're lazy, and we have nothing to share. So take off stealing and put on giving. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Have you ever gossiped and made anybody ever feel good? Doesn't. Gossip, sarcasm, talking down to others. This, this tears us down. Paul is saying, don't let words that tear others down come out of your mouth. Encourage edify, build up, take off gossip, and put on encouragement. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve, do not uh, 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 allow God's uh, spirit to be quenched in your life. What does this mean? It means that we're to be fully dependent on him. We need to take off our own independence, our own desire to do what we want to do 
and instead live in step with his Holy Spirit who has already sealed us for the day of redemption. Takes the pressure off. We're good because Jesus has sealed us with his Holy Spirit so we can trust that he knows what's best for us. Take off independence and put on dependence on God. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Revenge. We want to take revenge when we're wronged. We want to revenge others when injustice happens. He gives us the key right here. Let's take off bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice and put on kindness and compassion and forgiveness. That's how we are used by God to be uh, an agent for change in this world, not by trying to right a wrong with another wrong, but what does Jesus tell us the greatest commandment was to do? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Want the best for the person next to you. And instead of uh, uh, showing evil or, or uh, taking evil with evil, overcome evil by doing good, revenge and forgiveness. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. What do we take off? Lust. What do we put on? Love. Here's what I love about this. When we lust, that is the most selfish thing that we can do. We want to take something for our own pleasure and for our own good. Agape love, God's love, is the most unselfish thing that we can do because we are wanting the best for another person. Jesus modeled agape for us. And I don't know if it's tied in right there uh, on purpose, but I love that we have agape love and lust right then and there. Let's take off that lust and put on God's love and allow that to be the way that we love others. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure, or greedy person, or such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. So we take off greed and we put on gratitude. These are heavy, aren't they? And these are all things that we, only we can really look deep down and say, God, which, which ones of these do I need to work on? Lord, illuminate, please. And we're gonna get to the conclusion now. 
which is living in the light. Be authentic. Be honest. What are the things that I need to take off and which things do I need to put on? Concluding, verse 7, Therefore do not be partners with them, so with those that are doing these things, those that do not know who Jesus is and his love for them, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the, war, in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Uh, Joe Barrow, he's the Bengals quarterback. He's a young guy, new guy. And he, he said this when asked, what advice do you give to young high school and college quarterbacks? Again, He's a young guy too, so it's not like he's got a lot of years of experience. But I thought what he said was incredibly wise and actually applicable to what Paul is speaking to here. He responded by saying, work in silence. Don't show anyone what you're doing. Let your performance on Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sunday nights show all the hard work you put in. Don't worry about all that social media stuff. What do I take from that? That too often, we are more concerned with looking good on the outside to those on the outside and actually being good on the inside. And Paul is hitting us right in the heart by saying, I care way more. God cares way more about what's on the inside than what's on the outside. But everything exposed, verse 13, by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Many think this is one of the first worship songs or hymns that was written in the early church. Verse 15, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Nothing new here, right? I mean, Paul is speaking early church over 2,000 years ago, and these are the same exact things that we are dealing with in 2022. Why? Because it's the Word of God. It is alive, and it is active, and it is for you and for me today. If I'm Paul, I'm concluding here, but I'm not. And so he keeps on going, and then he packs a punch with, with one more be a personal behavior that I think really uh, brings everything together. Verse 17, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God, the Father of everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Take off drunkenness and put on worship. When we sing, there is a release of endorphins that occurs inside of us. Did you know that? Uh, have you ever seen somebody just or humming or singing out loud and you're like, what's that person doing? Well, there's probably truth there that that 
person is dealing with something and they're wanting to feel a little bit better and that singing releases endorphins. I do that with my kids all the time. I'm like, we're just gonna play some worship right now because it's so loud. Well, let's just be loud for the Lord altogether at, at the ages that, that they're at, you know? And, and so there's something that happens inside of us when we sing. We release these endorphins and, and it makes us feel happy. It's, it's, it, and Paul is saying that right here. And there's another thing that happens when we do that together. Oxytocin. Oxytocin is released and that is what bonds us. Isn't that cool? When we sing together as a corporate body that bonds this group of people because we need to know that we are not alone. We're not the only ones going through pain and, and suffering in hard circumstances. And so when we sing praises to God, we're, we're, we're reminded that we're a part of a family, imperfect people, all pursuing a perfect savior. Hide and seek is the favorite game that's played at my house. And when you're playing with little kids, it's not fun because they don't hide. They immediately want to be found. You know, you're like, all right, 20. You're like, Dad, I'm here in the closet. You can't find me. Oh, I wonder where Samuel is. And you walk around and, you know, you hear the noise and, and then boom, you know, they're creaking the door open like, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. That's how we are. That's how we are. Even when we're, even when we're in the middle of our sin, inside, we want to be found. And God is always seeking after us. Ben said it earlier in worship. It's not us coming to him. It's not us getting our stuff right in order to receive God's love. No, he came to us. In the garden, the first question that God gave to Adam and Eve after they had sinned against God, after they had chosen independence versus dependence, the father said, where are you? He's looking for us. And here's what happens. The older that we get, the older my kids get, the better they get at hiding. It's true for you and me as well. So let's not hide. Let's live in the light. Let's confess. Maybe for us that means today confessing for the very first time that Jesus is who he said he is and that he did what we know he did in here. He died for us to truly wipe out. I have this list of all nine and Ben, Patrick, if you guys wanna come up, take off lying, anger, stealing, gossip, independence, revenge, lust, greed, drunkenness. Maybe it's all nine, maybe it's three, maybe it's five. But I wonder which ones hit home for you. And let's put on truth, peace. Oh, let's go back. Peace, giving, encouragement, dependence, forgiveness, love, gratitude, and worship. And then next slide, thanks. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. That's Romans 13, 14. So if you are able and willing, please stand. We're gonna pray. And... The action that Paul leaves us with is to be filled with the Spirit of God.
We are filled with God's Spirit when we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We receive all of the Holy Spirit whenever we confess who He is. And then Scripture says, be continually filled. You know, every time that we confess our need for Him, that releases something from inside of us. We're giving something to Him so that we are filled with His goodness. That's how it works. He's not controlling. He allows us to choose. Are we gonna choose Him? Are we gonna choose the world? Are we gonna choose dependence or independence? So just know as I pray, you can pray right there uh, where you are, or Rhonda is in the back if you want to. Uh, we got some other folks in the back, prayer ministry folks and, and pastors in the back. If, if you want to go pray with them in the back, I'll be up here in the front. And so um, let's just allow God to speak to us and to work through us. Let's take that posture of confession. Let's pray together. We thank you, God, for this word that you give to us. We thank you for how personal it is. And Lord, I, I pray for authenticity and transparency inside each person. Lord, we thank you that we don't need to pretend to be anything you already know. So we can go to the one who already knows everything and yet chooses to give us grace and unconditional love and forgiveness. So Lord, we receive your forgiveness, maybe for the first time when we declare that you, Jesus, are who you say you are. And if that's us, it's a simple posture that we take when we just surrender and say, yes, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you came to forgive me of my sins and bring me everlasting life. And we thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit that indwells in us, not a feeling, it's a person, that reminds us and convicts us. And so, Lord, I pray that we receive of your grace as we are honest and real so that we can be the people that you've called us to be, to show the world how awesome.